Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. That intro that you heard is not the end of this podcast. It's the beginning because we're all things X-Men today. So that's why you got the X-Men intro. Uh, on the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel hacks on the line tonight. It's the Salmon. Salmon, say what's happening. Well, been a long time. Shouldn't have left you. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. What's going on, people? Yeah. Hey, man, what's happening? Uh, also on the line tonight, it's Brother Beavis. What's happening, man? What what is happening? How does this even work? I don't even remember. Like, yeah. I don't even know what yeah, the podcast is. Yeah, it is. It's been a while, and you know, like I said, again, letting y'all into the secrets of what happens on this thing before we hit that record button. We talk a lot before we hit record, and uh, if you're a listener to this podcast, if you listen to season six, you know that we were scheduled to take a scheduled break. We always do. Supposed to be coming back right after Fourth um, of July and getting into season seven. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you know that we had uh, a tragedy before the Brothers Comics family, um, just out of the blue in early June, where female perspective um, died. Uh, you know, suddenly, not it's something you know we didn't expect or see or anything coming, anything to that effect. So that kind of extended our break. Um, so we kind of been in hiatus mode and mourning mode and uh just kind of trying to recover about what this was all going to look like you know? so even though female perspective was never a member of the marvel hacks or part of this podcast or whatever she's literally one of the co-founders of brothers comics along with uh, my brother with big hutch so you know kind of piecing this all together is basically where we are um so we're kind of trying to get right back into it now and that's kind of where we are um, these guys both known her for a very long time, uh, you know, maybe not as well as obviously as Hutch and I, but we know her pretty well. We're not going to really do this whole, like, kind of, might be a different podcast for that at some point in time. We're not going to really do that, but just, you know, any fonder memories of female perspective. Uh, Sandman, go ahead. Yeah, um, I've literally, we literally knew, um, each other, um, since, almost grade school uh, I think we uh, high school is where we first uh, mm-hmm. came across each other and so um, you know life kind of took us in different directions and stuff and then we came back together eventually obviously um, through Big Hutch and um, and we eventually um, got onto the podcast which I thought was one of the greatest things because you know we've reconnected with old friends and stuff I always thought that was uh, if nothing else we were doing, I think it, it's always good to be able to talk to old friends and stuff. And she was yeah. um, not a close friend, but still a friend. And it was always, I always looked forward to our podcast together. And uh, obviously the shock of, of uh, her passing, you know, we, <laughs> we still on the level. I still am still trying to get used to that. But um, yeah. I'll always remember those um uh, the times of the podcast and stuff. I mean, we used to argue about. Oh my God, she used to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just rankle at the word Marvel, and I'll just everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and we yeah. had our spats. Right. So let's just put it that way. And but you know, there was never anything beyond that. We were always friends, and I'm always gonna I'm gonna miss her. It's no other way to say it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's like I was like, yeah, the group chat. It, there's times where I'm like, oh, this is a fire article, and like, and it's hard for me to not include her in the damn group chat. Oh, <laughs> it, it's just because so what I'm used to, I'm like having to like you know really stop myself from pressing her name first to pull it off. Uh, Brother Beavis, anything that you got 
uh, before we move on. Yeah, I just uh, you as you were saying that, Sam, and I was thinking of all the the one-on arguments that you know, with her being the one uh, that we got into <laughs> yeah. on all the hot button yeah. issues right. she had. And I think you know, the kind of the cool part of that is, and and I get. <laughs> So there was one time where, like, we were scheduling a podcast on a Sunday, and we were debating what it was going to be, and I think you guys were, like, geared up for Blackity Black, and then all of a sudden I was like, all right, I'm in, and, like, this, uh, the whole script had to flip. And yeah. but I think that's, like, you know, when we do this, you know, together for an audience, when it is sort of a group of people with different perspectives, you really do have to think about, like, you know what what is what uh how, how would somebody else that isn't the same as you kind of look at these things and and i think her right. you know her podcast name was aptly you know aptly chosen she was the female perspective for a genre many of the genres that are not well represented in that regard and mm, and just yeah. having her gave us all the opportunity to think about you know think about everything we enjoy from a different perspective and see different sides of it and i think that right. was that was the really cool component of what we've had up to this point yeah well yeah she's it yeah she she constantly gave us uh, a, again a different point of view uh, especially through nerd culture which you know for lack of a better term shits on black women yeah. and um she was able to you know at least one acknowledge that and how that felt and two you know, at least still enjoy that culture, but still understanding it and seeing it from a different uh, set of eyes than what we see it from. So, all right, yeah. So that's it. Uh, we may do something bigger. Uh, we do have you know surprise. We do have a logo coming out that we're gonna uh, put out like for her. Uh, I actually spoke with the artist today, so she's working on that. So, okay, so. That's that. She, uh, Sanji, uh, use a real government name on here. Sanji is not somebody that would have wanted us to be sitting around and like moping and mourning. That is, that was definitely not her. I feel overly confident in saying that. Uh, so we will get on with the business at hand. Uh, and the business at hand on this podcast is blurred notes. Hold on, let me hit my music. I really won't do it. All right, so blurred notes as it comes in here. Uh, it's some topics from nerd culture, really. From the past week, you know, I didn't want to go back too far or it would be a whole podcast. We try to keep this under 20 minutes. Uh, we usually can't uh, because the topics are so wild. But, yeah, exactly. So, but we try. I mean, it's not like we don't give it the whole college try. So, uh, letter B, uh, spell the word out. They they know the topics, but we kind of talk about it and get our each individual takes on it. Uh, letter B is for Birds of Prey, the comic book and the movie. Uh, Brian Azzarello uh, is going to be uh, uh, writing a, a new Birds of Prey comic book. No real surprise there as um, the movie's coming out early next year. The Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous something, blah, 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 Harley Quinn, yada, yada, yada. So, one, we get a new Birds of Prey book. Not really excited about that. Also wondering why a dude is writing it uh, for a character hmm. of five females. But, two... Um, there's been an early test screening of the Birds of Prey movie that allegedly had everybody split. The fans allegedly loved it, and the WB executives were like, what the hell did we just fail? <laughs> so, all around the room there, Birds of Prey, uh, Brother Beavis, as a comic book and or as a movie, and I guess probably more so since you don't do DC, probably what are you thinking about this as a movie? Right. Taking so, out your Elizabeth Hamstrid uh, <laughs> Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, that that's uh, some bonus points there. So, um, I think the movie has like seven or eight people in it. Is that not right? 
Uh, I think it has four primary characters, and then Black Mask is the villain, is okay. uh, played by Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. So, yeah. well, what I was going to say is, so I, I've never read the comics. I know there was a TV show. I didn't watch that either. Um, but there was a was sequence on the Justice League, uh, or Justice League Unlimited, that was Huntress and Black Canary, and a lot of the characters is sort of that echelon, the street-level B characters. And as we've said a billion times, you get a good creative team, you get a good story, it doesn't really matter. So absolutely it could be good. The problem that bothers me is the uh, inclusion of Harley Quinn in these stories is just like the yeah. the quintessential yeah. square peg in a round hole. And it screams yeah. like 1990s Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Punisher featuring mm-hmm. uh, rap term in every single yeah. thing that gets published <laughs> or so yeah. you know that it, yeah. it has that feel to it it also has this yeah. oh uh we had one thing that was successful let's milk it uh, and hope that the rest yeah. of it just sort of falls in line so uh mm. as far as a, you know a comic book again uh, i i echo your sentiment uh why is a dude writing it um what is a dude going to say through here that you know, is relevant or needs to be said that, you know, maybe there's yep. a better story to be told with some better representation. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it could be fine. You know, again, if it's, yep. you, you put legitimate effort into it, whoever the story is, whoever the characters are, it can be good. It just tends to not work out when you have all these things sort of lined up that are questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Sam and the, the WB executives, well, actually, excuse me, what, uh, what it's sounding like is much like other DC movies that, besides maybe Aquaman, is that um, the, the, the fans might like it and the critics are going to hate it. So DC making another divisive movie. Uh, what says you? Yeah, the whole um, Birds of Prey thing, I always thought is just a, a repository for um, possible female members of the Bat. Not, maybe not even the Bat family, but associated with the Bat. Maybe somewhere in Gotham. But yeah, Huntress... Uh, I guess now Black mm-hmm. Canary is in it, and yeah, always Harley, Harley yeah. Quinn. It's always been kind of a satellite book for her, you know, because she pops up in it, and it's almost just her bird book, period, really. And I don't know. I mean, what a, a Beavis said earlier is true. As long as you have an interesting story and you can convey that, it can be a good movie, even though it's, it, it sounds like it's just a vice for Harley Quinn again. Because as soon as I heard her name again, I just yeah. kind of started rolling my eyes. I was like, oh, great. So now we're going to have yeah. to deal with all that baggage with her again. And you're going to deal with the Joker and mm. her freaking voice. Ugh, that, just that. I mean, mm. Margot Robbie's a gorgeous woman. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But uh, just hearing that voice again for two hours doesn't exactly thrill me. Yeah. But, I mean, no. I'll, give it, you know, I'll give it a chance. You know, if, if, it, if, it, if they have a decent story, if they have a decent villain. I mean, Black Mask is... Um, it could work. Uh, they got you know a, a decent actor playing in you know, the, uh, Ewan McGregor, so I'm yeah. fine with it. I'm not going to be excited. Let's just put it that way. We'll yeah. let's see what they can hey, do. Since you said the J word, I would like to go on on record. <laughs> if either you see that Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, you're going to need oh. to find a new token white dude on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to worry about yeah. that. I think. I think you're safe. Yeah, I think you're real safe on that one. That's like, I don't think yeah, that's like, casinos, if the Bengals, if, if that's like, yeah. <laughs> dude, if that, that's like, if the Bengals beat the Seattle Seahawks in the opening <laughs> game of the season, I ain't gonna be friends with you no more. Like, well, I think we're safe. 
<laughs> we're good on that one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that that movie's yeah that movie seems like a masturbatory uh, fanboy like whatever, and I just think it's going to be very close to that line. Even though I think a woman is writing it, writing it and directing it, like it's going to be very close to that line of like, hey, you know, girl power, but look at these titties. So, yeah. um, girl power with and, and like I, 11 R's and no I. Yeah, girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sucker so, punch I'm, I'm a little bit it, concerned. Yeah. It could be sucker yeah, punch. It's too. concerning. It could be sucker punch, too. Yeah, you're completely right. So, ooh, good. Oh. God, you know, goddamn. God. This is why we can. Well, this is why we can never get this shit under twenty minutes. Is you say some shit like that, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, but Sucker Punch did give us uh, whatever that character's name cosplay out of it. So it's oh. the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> baby girl or whatever the fuck her name is. It gave us that, and that is a gift that continues to give every freaking con. So, I like how uh, we defend representation and, and women's stories, and then perv out on yeah. cosplay. It's a conflicting exactly. message there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, 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 probably, we're, probably, we're problematic as well, so we're okay. Yeah. All right, letter L is for Lynch, as in Lashana Lynch. Uh, it was reported in the rags this week that um, Lashana Lynch, who also played, uh, not Monica Rambeau, but... Uh, Maria. The mother Rambeau. of... Maria. Monica. Yeah, Maria Rambeau, thank you. Yeah, and in the Captain Marvel movie, and I didn't know she was British... Is going to be introduced introduced in the new uh, James Bond movie as Agent 007. Now, again, that is a caveat. There, Bond is retired. He comes back to it, yeah, yeah. He comes back to MI6, and they're like, oh yeah, this is a nigga that took your job. But I'm sure she ain't gonna keep us for very long. And but you know, it also had you know obviously white fanboys all in a Twitter. Uh, no pun intended. And this was coming the week after it was announced that Ariel in the in the live action Disney movie was also going to be black. So <laughs> white fanboy Twitter was all up in a ruckus. Uh, so uh, Sandman, any thoughts on this either way? Just is it pandering? Is it uh, like just like you know? I, I have a theory, and I'll share it after you guys are done. But go ahead. What do you yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is just a, a, a trick to get everybody pissed off, and then in the movie, they it, it turns out to be a, um, the Bond comes back and eventually reclaims the, the number and all that, and just and either sh- this is a, a red herring <laughs> and to, to get everybody yeah. upset or to, you know, to get everybody you know uh, excited or bent out of shape, depending on what side you are on, on the equation, and then the, it goes back mm-hmm. to the status quo at the end. So and people are getting upset yeah. for nothing, really, because there ain't no way mm-hmm. they're gonna make her have her going to be no a, a female Bond or whatever the hell, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so and yeah, this is just publicity. They're they're just they just stuck that out there and just let everybody wind themselves up in a tizzy, and they're getting free publicity out of it, yeah. which is smart. Absolutely, which is smart. My, yeah, yeah. My ahead. initial thought was I was like they leaked this just to see what the reaction would be, brother Beavis. Yeah. Uh, the first thing we need to talk about is this secret invasion of British people being in our movies and sounding American. You, you ain't uh, kidding. You ain't kidding. Uh, you, you sound like Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing I'll say is, remember when Ironheart was the new Iron Man, or Riri oh, Williams was the new Iron Man, but Tony Stark was still yeah. in the book? How did that go? Yeah. So the oh, notion yeah, that, exactly. oh yeah, she's 007, but Daniel Craig's in the movie. Okay, well... 
that right. I think we all know where this is going. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, the other maybe. thing I would say is, like, Bond is, like, not that he has to be white, but he is a, a horn dog who, like, uh, <laughs> you know, essentially forces himself on a string of people throughout his entire movie. So I, I yeah. don't believe that Bond is the character where we want to make representation a point. I mean, he's kind of a yeah. prick uh, by mm. design. So, I don't yeah, know, I think, is. like, Idris Elba would have been great, but I think trying to flip the script yeah. is problematic, uh, and I think this is definitely a stunt. Yeah, it seems yeah, very, very stunt. Like, yeah. you know, and I, and I definitely think they leaked it on purpose. Like, I, I, there's no... There's no... They could have held that secret and... Till the, till the movie came out, and they didn't. I think they floated it out there to see... And if the reaction was super, super negative, they'd be like, yeah, we left it on the cutting room floor. Still might yeah. be left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah, so they just, I think they just leaked it out of there just for the hell of it. So, yeah, right, whatever. She's a great actress, and she's pretty freaking hot, too. I did not know she was British, so that is a secret invasion. I had no idea um, yeah. that she was British. So they always be getting those roles. All right. Letter E uh, is expected, as in black Adam is expected in Shazam 3. Uh, Zach Levy was at a con in Germany, and he said that, uh, well, from his understanding, they were going to make uh, a Black Adam solo movie, and then they were going to make Shazam 2, and then these two wouldn't meet together until Shazam number 3. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I'm going out on a limb. They know in hell there's going to be three Shazam movies. Not a chance in all of Hades. Okay. That that's one and two. My other go out on a limb is because of the Rock's very cozy relationship with Disney, and I mean it's very damn cozy. <laughs> I would imagine he's going to get snatched at some point in time to play a Disney or a Marvel hero or a villain or whatever there before the Black Adam thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before it gets up, oh, I would yeah. I would hate that a lot. Yeah, by the way. I, but yeah, um, I don't know about yeah. that either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, can I you get imagine? It, can you imagine the one eyebrow of the thing? Oh, my God. The rock eyebrow? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. like, uh, the, literally, the rock eyebrow? The literally. So, oh, God. Yeah, come on. Terrible. Boom, boom. Tip your waiters and your waitresses. Man, I'll be here all week. There are movie producers yeah. with, like, full-on erections right now thinking about the rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it just oh, won't yes. go down. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make this happen. It won't go down. <laughs> oh God! Oh, Christ. Terrible. Oh. So, so uh, brother Beavis, yeah. So, uh, it's, did you finally see Suzanne? You want to take the knife out of my back? Sorry. Side brother topic, and again, another not twenty minutes thing. Um, I get it. I'm driving somewhere with the wife or whatever this morning. I get a text from William. I'm not driving. My wife's driving. And I'm like, oh, he's like, hey, I, I red boxed uh, uh, Shazam. I'm like, oh. He's like, that movie's terrible. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I and then I was like, I was, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, I swear I wrote a review for that thing on brotherscomics.com. And I linked it to him. I'm like, read my crap. Save yourself money. So <laughs> I could have told you that already. So I don't know why even you know people are like, oh, you know, my wife's like, oh, but it would have been good for his kids, and he's like, my kids hated it too. I'm like, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, 
do you think there'll be three Shazam movies, and if we'll ever see Shazam and Black Adam fight? Absolutely not. Everything you just said, I totally agree with. That that is wishful thinking, and and they're thinking there's going to be four Shazam movies essentially because of Black Adam. Yeah, that will absolutely Mm. not happen. They'll be they're lucky to get a second one. Yeah, they'll be lucky to get a second one. I, I totally agree. Sandman, you saw Shazam. Yeah, uh, so I think you it liked was, it probably a little bit better than I did, but it's, I it, did. It's pretty little I kid, did, but I, I didn't think it was great. <laughs> you know, I thought it was okay, yeah. and that was about it. Yeah, and and they're really making some um, uh, what was it, the dark dark universe mis- level mistakes here, presuming that they're going to mm-hmm. get three movies out of this shit, and when they should just be yeah. trying to like get the movie and get the hell up out, and whoever the yeah. hell they're going to put in it, put in it now because. You, you're probably not going to be around that long <laughs> to begin with. I, I yeah. mean, and uh, believing that you're going to have uh, three movies of the Shazam, uh, that's yeah, that's not good planning, dude. Man. You, you better get his ass in here and in this movie and get the hell on out the way. <laughs> you're like, I don't think yeah. you're going to get three. And as yeah. and as far as I know, even for both Aquaman and for Shazam, neither one of them are, even though they were successful, more Shazam or. Aquaman, obviously, more so than Shazam. Neither one of them are um, in like pre-production or anything like that on their sequel. So you're talking at least two plus years away from that. Then take another movie behind that too. You're talking five, six years five, of Shazam. Five, six years, exactly. Come on, man. That's yeah. not. Yeah, that shit ain't. Aren't they supposedly making the Trench, the Aquaman spinoff? I, uh, I think that, that got tabled, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That sounded crazy. They're like, hey, oh, we got a scene here that would make a good movie poster. We should make a movie to go mm-hmm. along with it. It's like, uh, yeah, Ugh, that's not no. really how it works. Yeah. 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 Not at all. Ugh. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. So yeah. No. There's not. Yeah. That's never happening. I got a fridge to sell you someplace if you really think that that's gonna happen. <laughs> all right. Letter R is for review. Now we're gonna review one movie that is more recent. Well, actually, they're both kind of recent, but one we're gonna tack on to the end because somebody just finally saw the movie. All right. So the first one though is R is for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Uh, movie just came out a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Uh, you guys saw it before I did. I was late to the party on this one. Um, so we'll kind of go around the room. You know, give your 45-second review of Spider-Man: Far From Home, Sandman. Um, love the movie. Um, I thought I would um, rank Homecoming just a little bit better than um, than this, but it doesn't mean I didn't love this movie. I did. I think the villain was very good. I thought um, um, what's his name in Homecoming was just a little bit better, but I think there. That being said, there's still two for two on Spider-Man villains in the MCU. Uh, Mysterio is played very very well by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I was very curious yeah. how they were going to come up, go, uh, what direction they were going to go, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but he acts, he, his acting job is just very convincing. He does a very good job of convincing you, uh, and um, mm-hmm. uh, it starts slow, it's, but it picks up uh, fairly rapidly. There's a lot of kind of uh, twists and turns in the, in the plot of what's going on, and, and um uh, the direction they go, and uh, I love, um, oh God, I can't think of the guy's name, I love him and I can't think of his name, uh, Tom Holland as uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I think he's the definitive Spider-Man, I've said this several times now, for me, anyway, because he, he can play both sides, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, so, um, 
what the other two had flaws in their game when it came to one side or the other. And um, I would give it a uh, probably eight out of ten. A very, uh, very good, very good uh, uh, okay. showing for Spider-Man. I love it. I loved it. All right, brother Beavis. Uh, so I agree with your assessment of Tom Holland. I think, yeah, he does nail both sides of it. As far as the movie, I thought the third act was great. Um, yeah, I thought everything up to that was was weak. Slow. I thought the the yeah. is slow, and I thought it was weak. I thought when you're fighting these random elementals, that's like I, I said in a text chain, that's the Justice League <laughs> season one effect, where you're fighting yeah. robots and aliens. They, robots. And just, they were so generic. You just you kind yeah. it kind of told you something what was going on just so, like that. You know, yeah. you're kind of sitting there waiting for the third act. I thought the payoff was great, but I think the you know the first part of it was not. I mean, I, I, I would I think again it's it's a good movie. I think there's great parts of it. I think again the strong villain. It's amazing what they've done with someone with a shaky shaky uh, rogues gallery. Um, but I did not <laughs> think it was great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, it took yeah, it took me a couple of viewings um, to kind of get it nailed down. Um, uh, y'all have made fun of me for I don't know how many years about me listening. Mysterio is one of Spider-Man's greatest <laughs> villains, uh, but uh, who got a movie, bitch? Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, how about that? Uh, I tell you, I, I think I text this to y'all in our text chain. That that um, that first fight scene between them two, with all the shifting and the changing, is probably one of the greatest comic book scenes or whatever committed. Uh, with you're, all talking, you're not talking about technology. the first scene where he fights uh, the uh, Hydro Man. You're talking about when he re- no 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 when he where... fights Mysterio the first time. Oh, yeah. yeah, when he oh, fights yeah. Mysterio. That's where that's they're, the where they're that was amazing. Out and all the... Yeah, I mean that was, that was amazing. Yeah, that was. Really I mean that was amazing. That's what yeah. got me. And the, that's what pushed closing... it over to great for me. I mean, it was so it was yeah. so good. Okay, it was. That's what made. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, and th- that way, but made the final act like kind of anticlimactic or whatever. And yeah. um, so I like I did you know no, it's fine. And I didn't like that you know as much because you it was kind of hard to come back after that. And um, but I, I you know I thought Mysterio or Jake Gyllenhaal did a really good job. The, how they tied it into the MCU was kind of surprising. They really kind of made this movie as the addendum to freaking Endgame, uh, which I wasn't expecting. And um, you know because they tied everything together. And um, you know I mean I thought it was all right. You know I, I didn't I didn't love it. Uh, I liked it a lot though. Um, I, I probably messed up everything by watching um, Into the Spider Verse before I watched it, <laughs> and that probably messed me up a little bit because yeah, Into the Spider Verse is the best Spider Man. Well, yeah. it's the best Spider Man yes, movie is. that they've ever made. Yes, so, it, is. <laughs> so, and it was a com- and, and was I don't a think they can surprise. ever. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they could ever make a better one than that. But besides the point, uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Um, you know, I had to watch a couple of uh, YouTube things to figure out what the ending was or why. Uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the t- I don't. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what they're setting up. I also don't know. You know, we're also two years plus away from any freaking MCU movie. At least, you know, besides this Black Widow one-off or whatever, we're so far away from whatever they're trying to do. And so everything is just like, okay, and, like, when are we going to see, you know, shit, Nick Fury's going to be old as hell by the time we, you know, see him <laughs> again now. or whatever. 
you know, he's like, exactly. So <laughs> he's like a seventy years old. So I mean, it's I don't know. It just seemed like the end of like an era a little bit, like an end game did. But overall, I thought it was fairly, uh, yeah, a decent Spider Man movie. But I would take Homecoming over that one for sure. Like I like yeah. that one better. So all right. Yeah. I mean, I think That's, they. I, mean, I think the setup was for them. It was sort of a reset. I mean, I think the goal was to bring Spider Man back to the normal kind of wall-crawling menace New York-based character mm-hmm. because there is no... Right now, yeah. there's no negotiated future for Spidey in the MCU. And so I yeah. think they, they did what that's they wanted true. to do with him and then they got mm-hmm. him poised to give back to Sony if that's the way it's going to go. And, but yeah. and, and I we don't know how they're t- going to do that, though, if, if they, yeah, that if they try to go that way. They would have to rip him out of the MCU and then they wouldn't be able to use Tom Holland either, so they're not going to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, we had talked about that about that little false flag. Like, oh well, if it makes a billion dollars, then all the rights convert back to Marvel, which we think is total bullshit. And um, it's, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And, I, and honestly, I, I think obviously Marvel has a plan or whatever. Uh, San Diego Comic Con is, you know, seventy-two hours or forty-eight hours away. Yeah, so I'm sure that there'll be some leaks of information. And I got a side brother topic on that too. And. You know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, but you know, but overall, that movie, uh, I wouldn't go eight out of ten. I'd probably go seven out of ten if we were going that way. Two and a half out of four stars. You know, something to that effect. But I, I liked it. All right. So I went back yeah, and the watched other. the the Raimi trilogy afterward, mm-hmm. and I remember oh, when boy. those were coming out, there was like, you know, they finally felt like the technology was there to make a movie, and it's pretty shaky in that regard. The action is, is pretty yeah. shaky on rewatch. But that yeah. being said, yeah. like it's amazing how much more writing and story and dialogue there is in those earlier movies. And I think that's the contrast with this one. You get the tail mm-hmm. end where it's as much web-swinging, wall-crawling action as you could ever hope or imagine you would ever see in a movie. Mm-hmm. But there's to, there's not much written around it. It's just like the, there's right. they can do... It used to be like, all right, well, you're going to get three CGI sequences and then the rest of it's going to be plot. And now it's like, yeah, mm. we, you know, you could have the entire movie just like one giant battle with just some yeah. opening expository comments and then some some crying at the end. And, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's a total shift from like the action to the writing, and the writing mm-hmm. uh, in Spider-Man. Not that they're not flawless, but the Raimi trilogy is su- just such a different balance of movie making. It's it's really striking. Yeah, mm. yeah that your description of that sounds like modern modern comics, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of splash pages with very little dialogue. Uh, we'll get to that later here tonight too. Um, so yeah, the other review for R was for uh, the Dark Phoenix movie. Uh, like I said, I think I I had seen it from the last podcast that we had done and kind of talked about it. Like, hey, you know, we, I saw it. It was not great, and yada yada yada. Uh, also, if you're thinking about seeing that, uh, like Mr. William, uh, read my crap. Save yourself some money. Um, <laughs> uh, but beyond that, uh, so Brother Beavis got a chance to see it. Have You you saw it too, right, Sam, man? I have not seen it yet, and it, it has not become okay. I'm on All my, right. uh, my favorite download. It's not, yeah. Uh, I, it, I will see be, it, when it when it gets there, but, yeah, I'm not going out my way to see it, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even worth the dollar store uh, candy that you would buy to sit yeah. there and watch it. So yeah, yeah. I let Brother Beavis give his one-minute review of the Dark <laughs> Phoenix movie. Uh, just strikingly flashy, bra- bad crap. 
I mean, it's just it's just a terrible <laughs> movie. There's Not there's surprised. like nothing there. Uh, yeah. Just the the characterizations are not great the continued reliance on the the modern day trio professor x magneto and mystique is just it just Mm. drags everything to a stop um the action is meh it's just there's nothing striking about it the whole train sequence is just stupid and they might as well be fighting (laughs) aliens because they're just well they are fighting aliens well they are are fighting aliens aliens. Yeah. yeah there's no like there's no big name villain. There's not. It's just. It's terrible. It's 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 bad. Mm. What yeah, I it's don't, really bad. What I don't understand is Simon Kinberg, who wrote the other bad Dark Phoenix movie they made on X Men Three, X Three, doubled down and redid the exact same thing pretty much yep. on this one and made a second bad yeah. Dark Phoenix movie. That's amazing. How? Yeah. The, what kind of friends does he got in Hollywood that he can get away with some shit like that? It's amazing to me. Mm. Yeah, and that's gonna lead. It's gonna lead into D. Blair knows, but um, yeah, it's just not a good movie. There's nothing. There's nothing redeemable about it. Uh, The acting is super flat. The effects are bad. There's nothing literally good about that movie, and that's it. And I think I said to y'all, there is a so laughable scene, and you know. Spoiling a movie that nobody cares about, Brother Beavers. Like when she makes Professor Xavier walk up them stairs, I don't know if I've ever unintentionally laughed so hard at something in my life. Because I don't think they meant me to laugh that hard at that scene. Yeah. I mean, that shit is hilarious. Unintentional uh, mm. laughing is part the worst of the type. Yeah. A big yeah. driver of the movie is how everyone's so angry with Charles. And I'm like, well, I don't care. Yeah. What, what did he do? Yeah. You got to force him yeah. to. And walk up the stairs. Yeah, it's bad. It's just bad. Yeah. And then I think you get like maybe like at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, you get one like Phoenix effect, but it's like so far off. It's like, you know, again, part of being Phoenix or one of right. the best parts about the comic book is seeing the effect. Like it's, you know, I, I can't imagine that we've gotten to the point where we're not technology wise that we couldn't make that. I mean, fuck, Harry Potter had a Phoenix in it. Well, how the hell you can't make it in these damn movies? So that yeah, yeah. shit's awful. And that being said, letter D is <laughs> getting to uh, Olivia Munn. And Brother Beavis just made an announcement here. And if you listen to this podcast, you know he and I share a brain. We are not going to share a brain about this particular <laughs> person, by the way. Because uh, she is not one of my favorite people. But actress Olivia Munn said, as working on those movies, the, uh, the Kenberg and Singer movies for Apocalypse, is that she that the directors didn't know shit about the X Men? Like they had no idea like what the char- the characters were about. Uh, it's really not that surprising. Not surprising uh, at all. Not, <laughs> no, not surprising at all. But she said it, so you know. It, but it's really not surprising at all. Before we started re- recording today, Brother Beavis was talking about well, you know, if that is true, and it probably is, you know, Singer actually has at least three decent X movies that he did direct. You know, with the yeah. original X Men movie X Two and Days of Future Past, were mostly Again, on his, his, his yeah, watch. Yeah, on his mostly. watch. You know, yeah. and Kinberg had a hand in those. So, are those yeah. just anomalies, Brother Beavis, or are they actually, you know, you, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or maybe you don't have to marry yourself to the damn comic books. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's just they were working with such mainstream characters that it didn't matter, like. When you're dealing with, I mean, like Jean Grey in the first one wasn't great, 
and they kind of did her story in the second one. But, you know, you're dealing with Magneto, Wolverine, Professor X, Cyclops. Maybe it was just easy. Maybe they watched a bunch of cartoons. And Psylocke isn't in the cartoon, so maybe they couldn't figure it out. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I just, it's just, I think the thing that has really bugged me is when they take, like, they put a character, and they didn't do this with Psylocke. They at least copied the visual. But they'll take a character and put it in the movie and just give it a name. Like, Callisto's been in a movie because they named (laughs) one of the sidekicks in X-Men Last Stand Callisto. Mm -hmm. It's like, well... First of all, why didn't you make a Callisto? And two, if you just mm-hmm. wanted to put somebody in it, why did you call it somebody else? So there's, I right, think there's yeah, a threshold right. where they just stop trying, and Psylocke is below yeah. that threshold. There you go. Yeah, and they were like, hey, she looks really good in this costume, and she's Asian. Okay, mm-hmm. next. You know, and that was yeah. pretty much it. So they didn't think anything about fleshing out the character or whatever, because she just looked good in the suit. Yeah. Uh, Sandman, anything? Kenberg, and you've always you ride Kenberg hard uh, in our group chat and on this and podcast. So you know, the anything. enemy. He is the enemy of the X Men. Yes, he and, is. And, and yeah, I cannot stand yeah. him and what he's what he's helped do to the X Men. Yeah, he. I, I got nothing against Olivia Munn. I think she's fine as hell, actually. But uh, um, yeah. The, I didn't. Uh, let, hold on. Let the record show. Hold on. Let the record show. My dislike of whatever her has nothing to do with her looks. That has nothing to do with her. I just think she's annoying as hell. Continue. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she used to be, like, back in the day, she used to be on, what was it, the G4? Uh, the back at the show, show. yeah. That's, or, that's, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's I knew I knew her. I loved her then. That's, that's yeah, why I knew But she was a. Yeah, attack of the show, and then she and she was annoying then too. But the producer just uh, mad because she broke up uh, the Packers' chances of winning the Super Bowl when she oh, ruined their right. Rodgers' career. That's right. Nah, yeah, but I don't give a uh, shit. Uh, let Packers the record. <laughs> uh, well, that, let oh, uh, let the. This is why we can't get twenty minutes. Let the record show. Also, uh, I hate Aaron Rodgers as well, <laughs> uh, and I also hate. Also hate his current uh, bow, which would be Danica Patrick. Because I if can't I remember him, so. right, your son was on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon at one point. What? I don't know if he still uh, if, is. If, if you remember correct, my son is on whoever's winning, which is terrible. <laughs> you know? so, he was not raised that way. I don't know how he was raised this way, but he just he's cheers like, for whoever. He's playing. like, Dad, you took all the misery. I'm going to go root for some champions. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Golden State no. wins one year. He's Golden State. And then, then LeBron and them win. Oh, I'm like the Cavs now. I'm like, you, you suck. That's basically <laughs> it. So. You get his Kawhi Leonard jersey yet? Not yet, but just give it time. It's early. Yeah, so. That's that bingle effect. But go ahead, Sam, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Um, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's, that's, she's... She's fine, and, and she had she um, uh, let the truth out. I mean, they didn't know anything about the characters, and we knew that yes. before with the last freaking um, failed um, Dark Phoenix movie they tried to do. And um, you know, she, mm-hmm. she shouldn't even have been in the movie, really. She had like two lines in that movie. The, she had no uh, purpose. Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah and, and this was she even in this one at all? Um, no, she's not. No, she's yeah, not in it. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah, but I don't yeah, hate her. Not. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Kenberg. Yeah, uh, stay away from Marvel Studios. That's all I get to say about you, dude. Just, oh, I don't think. Missed, yeah, his, just, his, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige, the truth is out, bro. He knows who you are. Yeah, so, his, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. If he scans him. his ID badge, if he scans his ID badge at the gate, it's definitely not opening. 
So, no, they're not letting him anywhere near <laughs> TZ property. Yeah, My side brother topic about this, and I and I think I sent this to y'all in the in the email as we close out blurred notes, was that at San Diego Comic Con or whatever that you know there's this rumor out there, legit or just fanboy bullshit, is that the Eternals movie is actually just a front, you know, like they called Star Wars or like yeah. Return of the Jedi, they called it something else if they were filming it to throw their dogs off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Blue Harvest, thank you. And, um, you know, like this Eternals movie or whatever is really like their X-Men movie. They just haven't, you know, want to announce it because people would go nuts already. And mm -hmm. so there's a thought out there that maybe that's it. And um, so maybe it'll leak at either uh, Comic-Con this weekend or D23 like in two weeks. You know, and I would be okay with that because I, you know, again, I read comic books for a long time. I don't need to see an Eternals movie. Like, I don't know what that's going to do for me. I know an X Men movie would do a lot for me, a good one, but I don't know what an Eternals movie would do. So, brother, if there's any thought that that might be true or that doesn't mar marvel out about that swerve? I think it's more likely that Eternals gets effectively stuck in development hell. And they scrap it mm -hmm. from the production schedule and start over with something else, X Men or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I I think it's I I, I can't see them. Uh, first of all, no one they've cast screams X Men to me, and mm -hmm. uh, I can't see them trying to be that cute about it because yeah. I mean they announced the movies years in advance for a reason, and they generally work to that schedule. I think we're stuck with an Eternals movie. Um, it seems to me like the 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 bumper for Spider-Man Two is is bridging us over into things going on in the larger world, and you know they've got the the footprint with Guardians and and with Captain Marvel to do that. So I think it's coming. I'm not sure why, but like we talked mm -hmm. about earlier, if as long as there's some effort put into it and there's good performances, good writing, it's it could be fine. Yeah, Marvel, you know, and I think what Shang, Shang Chai, uh, Shanghai, Shang, Shang Chai, excuse me, is supposed to, yeah, she, thank you, is supposed to get a movie and this Black Widow, whatever. But like in terms of MCU phase four types of movies or whatever, it's this Eternals. Mm, that's pretty much all that's on the docket, and they announced Thor four or whatever yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but exactly. that's about yeah, it. Yeah. So anything, do you think it's a swerve, uh, Sandman? Um, you know what? When we initially um, were talking about this on the text chain, I was like, I kind of dismissed it out of hand. And But the more I think about it, they really could be doing something like that because they're going to be uh, really the only big thing at um, Comic-Con. Uh, Saturday is when they uh, do their um, presentation and stuff. And that could really, mm. X-Men could really anchor their entire uh, Phase 4, uh, you know, they would take it over in Fantastic Four, you know, if they were planning on doing that. So I'm not saying I think they're going to do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did that because that would get a huge amount of pop. People would go nuts for that. Yeah. Um, even like even if they did do just like uh, say they uh, was like uh, dropped a Fantastic Four uh, reference out of hand, you know, and maybe they introduced the cast or something that they've. Um, already hired him and stuff like that that would get a pop too just to because we've never had one done yeah. right so you know yeah, yeah. Uh, fantastic four but you know x-men would be a huge one that would be a a masterful stroke a masterful swerve yeah. <laughs> to uh yeah keep that you know it, on the down low all this time and then uh announce it yeah. on the comic-con stage because you know that's what the comic-con is for like big stuff like that you know so yeah that would be cool i, I mean even if they just 
even if they propped up the movie poster with the dates on it, that would probably do it enough for most people. Like, hey, X-Men 2023, you know, like that would cover it, you know, but I just, I I don't know. It just seems weird because the Eternals thing came like kind of, kind of out of yeah. nowhere. And, uh, the, the, so and the Eternals just, thing also, I think they're going to try to do that to set up Cosmic Marvel. So like maybe Silver Surfer yeah. coming down the line, because you, know, you know that's coming, which is going to pave the way for other Cosmic heroes, maybe Nova, Galactus, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, name yeah. it. You know, Cosmic Marvel is a thing that they're going to try to do because I think James Gunn is going to be right. deeply involved with that. So I think they probably will do an Eternals movie, for good or bad. Yeah. Who knows? Oh. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay, so that wraps up Blurred Notes. Uh, well, let's say uh, 38 minutes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll keep it under 30 yeah. minutes. Never happens. Yeah, we tried. We can't. We gave it the college try. All right, so let's get into these books. Like I said, we are all X-Men all the time tonight. Uh, we're only doing three books, uh, and then two of them are like kind of tied together. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for a long time, y'all, from when it was a Thursday night comic book show uh, to now being a Marvel Hacks. And I think I said this at the end of the last podcast for season six. Um, we've been through a lot of X-Men reboots. And starting next week, we're going to get another one. So we're going to close out this particular reboot that is kind of stretched from seasons four, five, and six. As we close out an Uncanny X-Men book that made it for 22 issues. And we close that, but not 22 months. Um, we close out an X-Men book that made 22 issues. And we close out a... a um, uh, was a mini series, this Age of X Men that came that came out of these particular books. To recap, uh, Nate Gray created this perfect utopia world uh, for Age of X Men, and uh, the most of the X Men have been living in this particular world for a long time. And these books do tie together, so we'll get to that particular part. We did X Men Omega. We read a couple of the Nightcrawler books, which was actually pretty decent. I never finished it, but that that book was okay. Um, we read the main line X-Men book. We didn't read any of the other ones, like the book with like Apocalypse, or uh, there was a book where Bishop was in jail for having sex with Jean Grey. Uh, like there was, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. It's all right. I can't, uh, I can't so, hear yeah. that without having uh, animated uh, series flashbacks. That's yeah, all good. No, it's all good. So, um, so yeah, so so we did read X-Men Alpha Age of X-Men Alpha so this is the Omega to clean it out it's by Zach Thompson and who's that Laureen Nadler art by Simon Bondavintino I can't pronounce that so that was the recap um and then the book is narrated by Nate Gray he's talking to someone you don't really realize it until the end of the book he talks about what happened you got that life seed son you gotta put that seed in me son where X-Men used to create this whole world this new plane of perfect existence uh, then there was something that happened there was the resolution and so I guess throughout the course of these books they were starting to see these fissures or whatever just like Age of uh, Apocalypse that you know like people were starting to come unplugged from the Matrix Sanji a female perspective reference sorry and um you know, and so people are starting to see what's going on with that. There's an incident, you know, Iceman is rescuing a kid where things are starting to like kind of break up on the world. He takes him back to the Summers Institute. Angel's like, well, what are you doing? Y'all need to be going out there and fixing these threats. And, you know, it, it's all these things going on. And then there's this big prison break at the X prison and Glob, who has been unplugged from the Matrix for the entire time. He's kind of watching this as Bishop is leading this prison bank and getting everybody out. And it's really kind of a scrub group of X-Men, sort of. Um, 
except for him, except for Bishop and Beast. Yeah, yeah, except for Bishop and They're Beast. Polaris, it's pretty much right? a, yeah, Polaris is in there too. Yeah, and they break out of the prison and they got to get the ex sanctuary. That's an island. They steal a car. I mean, you know, I don't know. I kind of want to get through the middle and kind of see where y'all were with this, brother Beavis. Your initial text was me to was uh, like, well, X Men Omega was a waste. <laughs> it was fast at least i mean as wordy as it was at least it wasn't like extra long like it i i, yeah. I like kind of scrolled through it and i'm like kind of got the gist of it and then it was over i'm like okay well you know so right. they created like five fantasy stories that people play and spend some time figuring out weren't real and now they're coming back okay the end yeah. you know yeah, yeah, and, and and I don't think this was necessarily well received as a like as a you know again Age of Apocalypse was like this big long thing that changed you know a whole bunch of stuff you know because it was tied into a bigger larger yeah and it was tied into a larger you know MCU story as well like everything was tied in together this has just seemed like the X Men like it has been really for a while now just doing this other thing on the side. And like you know, even there was a whole another ass event going on with the uh, what was that? The War of the Realms was going on at this particular time. And even though there was an X Men tie-in or whatever, I mean, they, they're all were kind of doing their own separate thing. So I mean, kind of halfway through that book, what was you thinking, Sam? Um, very preachy. Um, I was thinking it's this has been done before. I mean, they've been in. You know, I mean, Age of Apocalypse, obviously, or in another world. You know, than that. Uh, was completely different from ours, but the same at the same time, and then, and mm -hmm. kind of the same thing happened. You know, eventually they they someone you know, got unplugged from the Matrix, and they're like, well, we have to figure a way back to our regular, our normal world, and it's very, very mm -hmm. philosophical about going. Like, oh, no, we have to stay in this world. This is our utopia. Uh, you really can't be um, serious about going back to that old other world, and. And when the, as they get their um, uh, regular minds back and you know, the, the, their normal selves in, in the, the regular world, they realize there's a division of some people want to go back, some want to stay. You know, the, the mutants that have the worst of it, of course, want to stay more, and they get into that debate again. And so I was like, I mean, this is nothing we haven't seen before. So uh, uh, mm -hmm. I, we've seen it all before. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah. um, you know, and. <laughs> and it kind of—it's it, weird. It drags, but it's fast too. At the same time, they just kind of yeah. uh, eventually res uh, get the, the resolution, and we see what happened. What's happening at the end? Who he's talking yeah. to? And I know you're going to get to that, but um, eh, yeah, it was very meh in my my opinion. Yeah, I won't remember yeah. this. Episode. And it's you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 It, there, there's going to be this confrontation and battle once the escapees get there, and you know, I wouldn't say this are his uh, his four horsemen or whatever, but Nate, no. he's got Magneto, Gene, Nightcrawler, Storm, and then whoever that horse antler lady person is, because I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know the fuck. And um, you know, and you know, he's talking, and he's like, "This is a test," you know, essentially from God. You know, it's like this freaking Jesus corollary here about this being a test or whatever about this happening like all right well you know nate had created the apocalypse team to kind of fight against him to see what would happen he's basically saying you know even if you're in this perfect world there's always going to be some of y'all that rebel against the damn system that again it's the damn matrix freaking thing that are going to rebel against the system and that you're always going to try to figure out no matter what i do 
And so as Sandman was saying, yeah, you get this thing like, oh, well, you know, we should stay here. This is the perfect world that he created for us, and we just got to fix what's here. No, we got to go back. You know, he messed with our minds, and Bishop essentially leading that. They did try the old Dark Phoenix put the thing on him to eliminate his power thing, which I guess it kind of sort of was. collar, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the collar, uh, which we'll come back here in a little bit, too. Um, but it, I mean, it really doesn't matter. And then you get the scene between Gabby and X twenty three, and I'm I'm not a fan of. I, I can deal with X twenty three. I cannot deal with Honey Badger at all. Like anything that has to do with Honey Badger is an automatic page flip for me. I can't do it. It just makes no sense for me. It's again, that's a character not written for me. Um, and Bishop is like <laughs> my note says. Like there's a scene where like you know Jean's like, well you know. We should stay here, or whatever, because that's the first time she's seen Lucas, not Bishop. First time she's seen Lucas, you know, since whatever. And he's like, he threw me in jail. And in my note, is like, bitch, we both fuck. And I don't know when he went to jail. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, and Polaris was like, you don't know who my, I'm your son, you know, I'm not your daddy. The, the Magneto's like, I ain't your daddy. Who are you? So, it, it, yeah, I don't know. And then they open up this little portal so they could see like what's going on with the current X Men book, which we will review shortly after here. I mean, overall, basically, obviously, they make their decision that they're going to have to go back to the new world or the old world, the Earth six one six. So yeah, so they're going to go back. And like, there's a scene at the end where Magneto and Nate Gray, you know, kind of talk. And I, I, y'all have to help me out here. Like, does he saying to him, like, all right, well, you got to go back, but you can also a portion of you is going to stay here, yes, so you can have this perfect I, world because yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I got from it. It's like Cause, yeah, because Magneto's like, you created exactly what I wanted, and so I kind of want to have a portion of this for myself. Yeah, you know, I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Which, but he, but he has another portion of himself on Earth six one six too. Uh, it's kind of confusing. They don't really explain it understand. very well. They're, I think they're being uh, vague on purpose because I don't know if that's going to pay off down since they're rebooting it. Or on is that, that going to come back yeah. again? I, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There was one bubble in here that stood out to me when Lucas says uh, utopias can't exist, they require everyone to exist in stasis. So this idea of mm-hmm. creating false worlds where everything is better, you know, you see that show up in a lot of a lot of stories. And so I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of insightful because, yeah, you're right. You can make it great, but that just means everyone's kind of stuck there, and that's human nature to kind of not do that. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's this, this mm-hmm. idea of the perfect world is fundamentally flawed. It's why these things don't work out. It's why it always frays at yeah. the edges. So, uh, you know, it's a nugget that a nugget in there at least. Well, and tying Bishop back into this idea that every time somebody fucks with the timeline, he's always in the middle of it because, yeah. like, he's you know, and he says it in the book. He's like, I've seen every freaking timeline. Like, this is not going to work. And you know, and you know. You know, we talked about Bishop a lot on here, especially in the I think it was like the Civil War podcast where he got curb stomped. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's such a character that, you know, he has the potential to be something more than they give him, you know, and, you know, I mean, he's a 90s character for sure, big gun, big pouches, big muscles, big tits, the whole thing, and he's got all that, and a mullet, he's got all of that, but he also has, like, they did flesh his backstory out enough where they kept it a mystery for such a long time that... You know, they could probably do more with him, but he always winds up getting shuffled back. And, you know, it's probably partly because he's black. But it was also, like, I just, 
I don't, I don't know if they always know what they want to do with him. Like, oh, well, the timeline's fucked up. Let's use Bishop. Where I think he could probably be more than that. But, you know, nobody's, like, kind of taking that role. And, you know, and the funny thing is, is, like, everything that you read about him in the past, he was this leader. But then every time you put him on a team, he's always, like, you know, it's subservient to whoever's, yeah. yeah, exactly, to whoever's there. Or, yeah, or being off on his own. So it's kind of yeah. like. He's been, uh, he's either a cop or he's this temporal anomaly. That's like the two stories. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. So, yeah. So, they all walk through the portal. And, you know, so that ends the Age of X-Man. You know, House of X is the book that's coming soon. We'll talk about that as we get near the end of the two uncanny books that we're going to look at tonight. But for overall, again, we didn't read all the other side, angle side books to quote Hutch. Um, Overall, Alpha and Omega, uh, Brother Beavis, what did you think? I have to believe it's completely pointless like it 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 told a story off on the side uh that to my knowledge doesn't amount to anything so yeah it's a stunt yeah it seemed like a point up uh to get from point a to point b we and we couldn't not have the books for like six months i mean i guess the thing was like this was the cover for the x-men are dead right which plays into you know the books Mm -hmm. we're about to get into yeah Sandman, Alpha and Omega. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely C territory would be. It didn't it didn't make an impact on me at all, really. It's just Yeah. I I really don't know what they were trying to go for when they when they did this because yeah, it's it's just love. It didn't really didn't really impress yeah. me in any way really. Is yeah. kind of a, I hate to say a waste of time, but yeah, that's kinda of what what it feels like at the end here. Yeah, he's it, it's it was filler books. Yeah, you know it was like just kind of filler, you know. And I think I and the writer of the Uncanny Books, and I think I talked told you I talked to him at MegaCon or something like that, you know. And he said that Hickman been working on this this reboot for a while, and they'd known for a while that they were just kind of holding these books off until you know Hickman could relaunch. And uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this is what it feels like, you know. And yeah. I learned that in April. But we kind of had the sense of it long before that. Like, man, this seems like whatever before the news broke of the Hickman reboot. So we were like, this kind of seems like they're just kind of meandering around. And that's what they just did for, you know, this whole five plus six months of Age of X-Men. And then these however many long books of this Uncanny book went on. All right. So Uncanny X-Men 21 by Matthew Rosenberg and Salvador LaRocca. This also has several guest artists, especially in 22. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> 22 goes from like man that's a really cool page to freaking Egyptian hieroglyphics at some point man because it's bad in certain parts freaking oh, it's close to stick figures man oh golly uh, so yeah so I mean and we've reviewed a lot of these issues of this book because it was coming out weekly there for a time and then it came like to more of like a bi-weekly and then the monthly or whatever. So uh, to recap, I guess, um, Cyclops came back. Uh, he's on this world where there's really no mutants. Uh, he starts to gather which ones are left. He finds Wolverine. They form a team together. They find some other mutants. Uh, Moon, Danny Moonstar. Dark Beast is there for some reason. Havoc is there. Banshee's uh, crippled uh, whatever old person. Uh uh, what's his name? Multiple Man. Uh, it it it, it yeah. gathers up a whole bunch of well, all the mutants are gone, but then they wind up with a team of like you know, nam thirteen mutants. So they weren't all gone. Um, 
And so there's been this whole plot about what's going on, like how the X-Men are they're supposedly be picking up all these other X-Villains or whatever that are um, left over as well. And Captain America had been helping them out, but it had been revealed in a previous issue. It wasn't Captain America. It was actually Mystique posing as Captain America. And Mystique was working with Emma Frost, who was now the Black Queen, not the White Queen. And the story is out that you know, she had been captured by the O.N.E., uh, some mutant uh, oppressive group or whatever, and she had been working for them. And then in this book, it's or it was revealed that Emma had um, manipulated all the mutants' minds to have them all forget about her. And Juggernaut is the only one because he wasn't an X Man and he's not a mutant. He was the only one that didn't know. And when Juggernaut joins the team or rejoins the team, he <laughs> he essentially says to them, "Y'all used to fuck." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean that's basically it. And um <laughs> and so now they're on this plot to find Emma. That's basically how we get to issue twenty one. And you know, they're outside the Hellfire Club, juggernaut still making those jokes I'm like, I can't believe you forgot about her, man. Y'all just fuck all the time. Like she was really important to you. <laughs> he's like, Well <laughs> he's like <laughs> He's like, well, let's forget about that for now. So, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, yeah. So, it, it, I don't know. The book really kind of pushes itself into two separate directions on your A plot and your B plot. Um, the A plot is this thing at the Hellfire Club. The B plot is Wolverine has been, what is he? He's at some hospital or captured or whatever, and he's from a battle with the O&E. And they call, like, some dude to come heal, like, the other people that were uh, captured. Of course, there's a black dude. Of course, he's healing people, of course. Uh, triage is his name, by the way. Triage. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not to be confused uh, so with triage. triathlon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking of him, too. <laughs> well, triage, yeah, triage uses healing powers to heal Wolverine, like, on purpose or by mistake. And then the whoever was in charge there was like, oh, you know, because they implanted these bugs inside their heads that I could do whatever to you and cut your powers off. So that's what he does to triage when he healed Wolverine. But then Wolverine got real healed up again, and, you know, we'll come back to him hacking and slashing everybody. But the overall story, um, yeah, is basically them confronting Emma, Emma Scooby-Doo explaining what she had did to them and why she had done it, that she had got captured by the O&E. They forced her to work with him. And they're like, well, why didn't you just deal with it on your own? It's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to manipulate all your brains and make you forget about me and push all this plot. And now how do y'all are to get me to get away from doing this, basically? Uh, you know, so to not work for them and to have y'all essentially rescue me. And I There's mean, a panel where her, it. where her boob hangs over the panel into the next panel. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's drawn definitely in a uh, non-realistic uh, way throughout this entire thing, but that's Salvador LaRocca, so we'll give him that. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, so when they finally get to that point where she gets to confront Scott, you know, Scott doesn't have any feelings for her because he really doesn't remember her. Um, and then, you know, somebody gets the drop on, like Hope gets the drop on her, Mystique gets the drop on her, Sinister's hanging out in this whole thing because he's been brought in a part of this whole uh, this whole mess. I mean, so I mean, again, halfway through the book, Brother B, was what are you thinking about 21? Yeah, and there's a whole side plot you forgot about the Dark Beast and the Mutant Cure, which was yeah. Uh, yeah. the part of one of the weapons that the O&E used was the Mutant Cure. And so the Beast had been playing, surprisingly, Dark Beast had been playing the team, and uh, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. created a vaccine for the vaccine that actually has a harmful effect on a small portion of the population. And he's like, well, this is a test yeah. of how much they hate us. So I think by the time we mm -hmm. get to 21, he's been, air quotes, killed by magic. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So there's that. But, yeah, I mean, halfway, I, I mean, I, it's, it's weird because we used to, we, I mean, we talked about how formulaic the early part of the series was and how they kept just kind of like randomly dialing up sorry teams and then they go through like three issues of explaining why that is and emma's side of the story and yeah i mean by the time we get to this point it's just it's just raw craw boom boom you know it's just now yeah. it's the payoff yeah. it's either dialogue or just like combat so yeah it's it's okay there we haven't got to it yet but there's a portion of this run where i'm like okay this could be setting up something but i think they go hmm. right back to right back to formula by the end of it yeah yeah and yeah and yeah exactly we're getting towards the end sam and where are you thinking midway through this book um primarily that this is a mess but because <laughs> it's a light it's like <laughs> they they know it was like all right we got to finish this at the end of this book so yeah. get the team out there throw everything we got left at it and let's get the hell up out of here that's the feeling i got at the end of this i mean there are people dying left and right and there's like poor banshee and and by the way what happened to him yeah. why, why is he all jacked up and 90 year old looking and uh, yeah yeah I, th I, I think we talked about this on a previous episode and we were just like Neh. yeah you know, because, yeah. it, you know, the reason for it was not going to make any sense anyway, so why even bother spending a whole bunch of time on it? I, I just, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't even matter because he, he gets wasted and blows up this, I don't know, as a mech yeah. or allegedly. suit or whatever, allegedly. And uh, yeah. like more than a couple of X-Men just kind of just check out in this thing. And, and um, Ileana, uh, uh, is, her demon is, is freed because they deactivated her mutant half which <laughs> was the only thing holding yeah. it back and that murders juggernaut basically i mean easily to the yeah. the rag out of him and crushes it i mean mm -hmm. so i mean just we're, we're seeing like some high level power <laughs> just getting thrown around in this book and uh, mm -hmm. it's, wikipedia it's, is suggesting to me that banshee was at one point apocalypse's horseman of death and so oh. that uh, his current so condition he, is related to that convoluted story. Ah, thank uh, you very much. At least, uh, at least we have at least we yeah. have an explanation. It don't make sense, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. The, and the and the yeah, part yeah. with the Ileana getting the the whatever you know her demon coming out. I thought I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool, you know. But. Mm -hmm. And kind of jumping in, not jumping fully to 22 or whatever, you know, once you read 22, though, you realize that the deaths aren't deaths. Like, this is not right. going to be things that are permanent. And, and that's know, how again, they're handling No too. death is permanent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you're seeing this and just like, okay, really? Like, damn, they just killed Banshee. He's been around for, like, 50-plus years, you know? Like, well, whatever. He just <laughs> dies by some freaking mech tech mech thing. Steps steps on on him. Okay. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Why do you I mean, say that's they're how not permanent, Banshee's, though? Well, you jumping into 22, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, but yeah, fight, fight, fight. That's basically what we get, like, near the end here. And, uh, you know, the book kind of just kind of winds down on the end there. 
what we get ever. Now, did anybody care that Fabian Cortez was brought back in one of these early books? He sucks. <laughs> I mean, He's such a 90s <laughs> villain. He sucks so bad. Wasn't that the last uh, time we've seen God. him in the 90s? Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, and then there's a bunch of like, you know, and again, we, we've read this in pieces or whatever. And I, and I generally thought this actually I was washing the dishes or whatever, kind of thinking about the, the books. I was like, this might be something that I have to go back and read and trade. Yeah. Because yeah, right. we read it in such an inconsistent basis, you know, because we, like I said, we probably did the first five or six or seven issues or so, right, right up to the where it rebooted at 10 or 11 again. Like, we probably did all of those. And then, like, yeah, we kind of like, let it lag because it really wasn't doing anything. And now we're finishing up. So I, I think maybe if it put all together, it might make a little bit more sense. But, like, as a, a general standalone issue, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I guess I see what they're doing. But yeah. what you always have in the back of your head, at least for me, is like, well, I know whatever they're doing here is really just trying to run out the clock. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. next week, none of this is really going to matter all it's that It's not going to matter. And that's what kind of are. unfortunate. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, Uncanny X-Men 22, Cyclops. Oh, sorry. Uh, as a as a ending point, essentially, Emma does no more mutants essentially but in a different with a twist that she does it like where okay so now the humans we can live essentially in plain sight so we have our powers we can use our powers but the only way that the humans actually see us is as regular ass people and so now we have this version of air quotation freedom to live our lives the way we want to and isn't that just good enough and we get into issue 22, Cyclops doesn't think that's good enough. He's sitting there feeding the damn pigeons. And then <laughs> <he's>, uh, <laughs> and like monologuing, like this is, uh, somebody needs to intervene here. The, this yeah. dude done snapped. He's, like, he's got theories, he's feeding pigeons. He's, this dude snapped. Yeah, he's going to go off here. Uh, so, yeah, and my note says Cyclops is feeding pigeons and the squirrels in the park, contemplating the meaning of life and where my life is now, now that the war is over. <laughs> like, that seems a little bit much. And it, the funnier part, too, is like he's still in his fucking uniform and shit. It's like, <laughs> I guess nobody can see it, so whatever. I can wear whatever I want. Uh, so, yeah, so again, what do y'all think of the No More Mutants? kind of plot line like that was her solve to this situation like she we get into it in this thing where she's got essentially this big ass cerebro that she's carrying on so I thought it was kind of dumb but like she's got this big ass cerebro that she has to use Fabian Cortez and I don't know who this other nigga is with the mask the on suit. yeah that with the uh, mask and the yeah I was like who the fuck is this I thought it was I thought it was uh that other uh what's that that ex dude at first what's his name Nemesis One Doc, can, Dr. Nemesis yeah who yeah, Phantom, uh, yeah, Phantom A, Phantom X. Yeah, I thought I'd never heard Nemesis before. Oh. But okay, so what do y'all think of this? No more mutants plotline, essentially, like you know, living in plain sight. I thought they were going to set it up so that, like, we've talked about how the fact that people hate mutants but love every other superpower creature ever. I thought yeah, they were going to finally exactly. unwind that, and I was like, yes, yeah. this would be great. We can have an X-Men story where they're not trying to promote, you know, humanity and mutants living together. And we'll see where this goes. Yeah. I was excited, but I couldn't really right. figure out exactly what it was doing and how it worked. And then by the end, it became irrelevant. So, Yeah, it did. Exactly. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, okay. So, Sam, man, what did you think of No More Mutants, the yeah. sequel, Electric I mean, Boogaloo? Yeah, I mean, they, they just kind of twisted the, the No More Mutants again and kind of... 
Deus Ex Machina. They just kind of had a, like a, a nice little yeah. um, <laughs> like fix the universe, fix the world, and and now now we're mm-hmm. not in danger anymore. And and then of course Cyclops is upset. Well, what is what a surprise there. Yeah. He's he does he's not satisfied again. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! And they're just they're going to philosophize about this again. And he's going to fuck up everything. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, yeah. I don't want to jump ahead, but that's where it starts going, and you, you can see it go. You yeah. can see it happening. So yeah, crazy. Well, Danny yeah. comes. Yeah. Moonstar comes and talks to him on the bench, and it's like you know, kind of about the different philosophy. Essentially, she's like, you know, this is a different, uh, a new start for us. It doesn't have to be, you know, the end of the world. It could be the start of something new. And she drops a line in there that talks about like, I think I'm going to see all my friends again. Like that's what made me think like this is not permanent or whatever. Like whoever somebody well, is going to no, but that that was because she existed in the Omega plotline as well. She yeah, was she there, so over. she right. she knew that the on uh, Cyclops on your left moment was coming up. That was what that's what yeah, that spoiler alert. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. I just I, yeah. So Danny tries to get him off the bench. She can't get him off the bench. Alex was watching like a stalker, I guess, uh, <laughs> watching this go down. He comes over there and essentially says the same thing. You know, stop being a bitch. You know, this could be something that's different or whatever, and um, Cyclops still can't get around it. And he drops a line in there. It's like, look, man, I know you being like this freaking uh, self-doubting uh, whatever person is essentially your stick, but get over it. Like, stop doing that. You know, and I thought that was an important line to get in there that, you know, maybe we can get past this version of Cyclops, but also not get to Racer X Cyclops, who was also crazy. <laughs> like, if we, it, like if there's somebody in between the, those two things, like, that would be great, because those two extremes, like, the, the far left extreme of the Cyclops that we know growing up, I think that's probably, you know, it's probably two Boy Scouts for, like, modern comedy. Yeah. But the other it one... That, it ain't a, that squirrel-feeding motherfucker tell you that yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah it ain't the phoenix it ain't the phoenix egg nigga either so like we can't have both of those people like existing so that's your a i guess that's just your b plot your a plot is at the hellfire club um the one make their attack or whatever on them they bring in all this stuff with warlock man warlock's a terrible character by the way and yeah. they've cloned warlock and they've cloned him with like versions of madrox or whatever and Ugh. hey self and all this jazz and so like the sentinels essentially show up there they're like oh well they're not supposed to be able to see us well surprise bitch i'll step ahead of you we're gonna like i can we can see you and they're gonna make their attack and then self tells them not to attack Warlock does. I was like, oh my god, like where are we going with this whole thing? And so, and then Havoc and Cyclops get attacked in Central Park or whatever, and the squirrels get out of there, and then Havoc sacrifices himself and you know blows everything up uh, because I don't know because yeah, I, you know because. I mean, there's, there's no way Havoc is there's no way Havoc is dead. Like they're not killing Havoc. They're not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. So sorry. So the death is like you know kind of out of nowhere. All right, so. Um, and then Logan, who was being held down there, uh, down into Hellfire Club or whatever, finally heals up enough to escape. And he's essentially, after he hears her Scooby Doo explain the plot, is like, um, that plot is stupid, and this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so, yeah. So once the O and E shows up, you get all this fight, 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 fight. Uh, again, before we end up the final act, where y'all at, Brother Beavis, with this book? 
This was 37 pages, by the way. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you're just like, let's get to the end and see what this is doing, because the modern era comic book fight of just keep kidding harder is not of interest to me in the least. So, yeah. and these and these fake meaningful deaths uh, really yes. don't carry any weight. So, at this mm-hmm. point, we've lost uh, havoc. We lose Fabian Cortez only because they say it. Like you would never know. Yeah, off screen. Just following yeah. the story. Uh, we yeah. end. We lose. Uh, Madrox Banshee in, in theory Banshee yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like they're just mowing down these B-level characters and it's the, it's the yeah. argument of you know if all the if all you're doing is plussing up the roster so you can kill them off it just that just doesn't mm-hmm. add any weight to any of the stories well and that being said you know when they do come back and yes Madrox multiplies himself so Wolverine can get to the general that they kind of yeah. kill off I mean they kill off in a side panel as well you see it but you don't and then uh, but the Sentinels are still there because however he was controlling them or whatever so they have to still fight the Sentinels off and then I, I have that same note in my thing yeah on your left cap which is by the way going to make me go back and watch Endgame tonight. But anyway, um, <laughs> I didn't need any help, but that's probably going to help. Um, so yeah, so all the returning mutants from Age of X Men show up. Um, you know, you get your and you get I think it's six pages, no five pages of fighting and no dialogue, like just five pages of everybody just fighting, and that's pretty much the end of that. And you know, Gene comes in, you know. Uh, like Black Panther and Ashuri coming through that portal or whatever, oh, right. and her and Cyclops kiss and have a moment while Emma's looking like, "What? I can't believe yeah. this!" And, and Logan ain't and too, Logan. Not too happy either. Yeah, yeah, Logan does that too. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead, brother. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, I didn't notice that on the first read, but Logan up at the top is all—they're all both butt hurt. Yeah, he's in all up in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and Jean, and you know, and, and you know, again, playing this out, this is really her, their first interaction in years, in years, years, yeah. years. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's been years. So, I mean, yeah, it would wind up being a moment like that, and you know, he had been manipulated or whatever, however much you think by Emma or all this time or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fresh start of, of, of sorts for them. You know, she wants to see how his eye got all plucked out or whatever. I would imagine that plot point ain't going to stay for long either. Um, you know, and so we have to have this same debate, essentially, that you had at the end of Age of X-Men. Do we hide in plain sight and just live in this perfect world here? Or do we, you know, stand and fight and fight for what we believe in, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then after all this stuff that they built up to the point, it was like, hey, you know, we don't have one leader or Cyclops is a leader. We're going to make leaders, you know, a group leadership thing. But again, if you have more than one leader, you don't have any. And then at the end, they're like, okay, so Cyclops, what are we going to do, man? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what they did. And so Cyclops makes a decision. He blows up the ONE's version of Cerebro, which wakes up everybody to the, you know, that the mutants are back. And, um, yeah, hey. We're always at war. That's the ending words there. I sent y'all that picture. Mystique is there, who had no dialogue or point in this whole book to begin with. Point, you know, once they revealed her to be Captain America or whatever, you know, her showing her ass essentially to the camera, you know, yeah. completely ridiculous. <laughs> and literally, you, know, you get this Cyclops is too. Yeah, and then Hope's looking like out into the sky or whatever. Yeah. Like, ah, 
whatever. It's a it's a, it's a cover page, as you said, Sandman, and it's just like okay, whatever. And that that's how it ends, you know. And that's the end of you know, that's the end. That's it. That's, yeah, that's you it. Know, the, this run of yep, this run of Uncanny ends there, and that's it. So overall, kind of Sandman, what did you think? Yeah, yeah, basically what I was saying before. They were trying to get get him out the door. We got we got the new reboot coming, so uh, let's get it back to the uh, uh, status quo that we were at in the, in the very first in the first place. It's X Men vs. the World again, and, and um, <laughs> that's they literally ended up exactly where they started at. You know, from whatever it was started, how they rebooted it so many times, I can't remember. So. Um, it, it was kind of a mess, in my opinion. It was just, you know, let's blow up as many B-teamers as we can and then um, <laughs> get everybody back at the at, at the end of the book and so and, and pose so we can get on with the reboot again. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of meaningless to me. I just, yeah, I don't know. This whole, this whole series yeah. was kind of like that, though, <laughs> in my opinion. It was, it was just, yeah. it didn't do anything for me, yeah. It was a, it was a means to an end. It seems like brother Ben. Yeah, it's just like we talked about with Spider Man. It's like bring it back to a familiar point and essentially start over. And that's the frustrating part. If they had set it up for something different, like again, if they had wiped out this sort of at this point nonsensical hatred of mutant mutants, then mm-hmm. that would be a good place to go. And we see that there's something yeah. there. But no, that got undone. Yeah completely undone and now we get to you know house of x which is coming next week which you know this is i forgot to say this is season seven episode zero this is our little preview before we get into this house of x book and i think there's power of x is the other book and these are the preview books or the the setup books before they get into their whatever monthly titles i haven't looked that far ahead to see you know what books are going to be there uh, you know what are, you know? What are the mainline books? How many mainline books are going to be? Obviously, there's going to be your side books or whatever too. But you know, how many mainline X-Men books are you going to have, and who's going to be there? You know, and a question from a viewer this you know before we started was essentially you know do you trust Hickman to write the ship? And my at least answer for that is I have no idea because I don't know how committed Marvel is to making the ship get right. Like I have no idea because they constantly reboot these books. And so he might have a plot line out for 10 issues, 15 issues, 24 issues. But then after 24 issues, if he's done, they're done or whatever, then we're really looking at another reboot two years from now. And I, you know, I just, you know, I'm I'm essentially numb to it. You know, I, I, you know, I know Hickman more for, you know, a couple of things that he's written probably most recently for me, I guess would have been Secret Wars 3. You know, and it's not like I didn't enjoy that you know it was a kind of a modern day comic book or whatever and i thought it was all right but you know mm. do I, I i don't know i mean i, I have no idea like i guess i i, I don't know sandman you trust hickman to to write this ship uh, i mean trust i mean if they're dedicated if they have to, see they're doing the exact opposite of what the mcu d- was doing they they don't have a plan. They're just adrift and letting the tide just push them all over the place. And they reboot. Oh, okay, this isn't yeah. working. So let's reboot. Well, we don't like where that's going. Let's let's reboot again. And 
I mean, good lord, who can keep up with all that crazy shit? It's <laughs> we've been through so many different uh, reboots and stuff. I I literally don't remember like what we read. I I, right. wish, I don't. And um, if it's good, if it's bad, have a plan. You know, see it all the way through to the end and see what you, where you end up. Mm. I mean, you you have to you have to end up somewhere. And um, you can tell these books. Like I just said, when we were talking about it, I did I got nothing out of this because it just felt like yeah. fluff just to get to the end of the of this cycle so they can reboot again. And you know, and yeah. put it in Hickman's hands. Yeah. I hope he does. I hope he brings some stability and some purpose to the X Men again because I haven't yeah. felt like um a good X Men series since Jesus, when when was the last meaningful X Men series that we've read? We gotta go yeah. back a ways for me anyway. Me personally, a long way. I mean, to me, like where I really think I was like, you know what? I'm really enjoying this X Men book that I'm like every. I couldn't wait for it to get. Would have been astonishing when Whedon was writing it. That's oh, been wow. God dog. That's got to be ten to fifteen years ago. I was you were pretty high on the that, new X Men when that first. That's pre MCU. Which one? <laughs> oh no, the you know what? You know what? Actually. Yeah, the new X Men book. Yeah, I think I sent a couple of those to you. Like, uh, yeah, oh, the new when the time to displace the X Men came back. You're right. I, that, oh, that's right, great. right. Okay. The, yeah, yeah initially when they came back. Yeah, that was were good. And, books. And, initially, that um, was pretty good until it got to be crazy. But, yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I then you had that. That two freaking X Men teams. Yeah. Yeah. But think about it like this. Think about it like this. From the time we've been doing the podcast, and you look at that splash page. There's a picture of Kitty Pride in there that's off to the, she's on that splash page mm-hmm. off in the background. Now, a year ago, she was leading the goddamn team. Yeah. But now <laughs> she and she's at a 37-page book with not an inch of a page or a word of dialogue, brother Beavis. I mean, like, where is this headed? Yeah. You know, and, and do I trust Hickman is like, well, you you told us a lie that this was all a long game to set something up. That's a lie mm-hmm. because you just set up status quo. I mean, yeah, maybe right. you shuffled the roster and you got rid of some dead weight, but you put us right back yeah. where mutants have always been. So that whole long yeah, yeah. game, this is all plan, bullshit. It's just yeah. a tidy ending, at least. At least it didn't fall off a cliff. I mean, at least they brought yeah. it to a point, and then we'll see where it goes. So I, right. I really do think it has to do with if there, you know, if there is any will to sustain something, then we'll see what it is that gets sustained. But until that point, this is just all a farce, and that's kind of a larger problem with comics right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as far as I know, because they didn't show a panel, uh, your glob and rock slides or all those, they're still around. And yeah. I, honestly, yeah. you really need to trim the weight there, or trim the fat. Like, you got to trim some of these characters off. And we've, we've been saying it. You've been saying it. Like, putting out 12 different X-Men books is a mistake. Put out about seven X-Men books and keep the roster and keep your circle tight because you Mm -hmm. could have some of those characters feature and be in books, but they don't need monthlies. They don't need a monthly freaking book. And making them have a monthly, it becomes monotonous. And nobody can... Again, I understand that you like people want to hear about Honey Badger and X twenty three. Like I understand that, and that sounds like I'm picking on the women folks, but I'm not picking on the women folks because I don't want to see a book with fucking Quicksilver in it either. I don't want to see <laughs> books with Rockslide or uh, Glob or like Glob, in, I don't want to see yeah. books with any of them either. You know, like mm-hmm. stop trying to make Fetch a thing. Like they're not a thing. It's been twenty years, man. If they're not a thing now, they're not a thing. 
and you know, and you have to wind up, you know, keeping a core group of X Men together. Hell, I just rewind on that. I don't want to see a damn Wolverine solo book. If those stories have been told, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. Don't over do it anymore. Again. There is nobody. There is nobody that's going to be like, oh, you know, I got a fresh take on Wolverine. No, you don't. <laughs> no <fresh take. laughs> there are no fresh takes. There's no fresh take on Wolverine. It's the same shit over and over again. So, uh, do I trust him? I, fuck, I don't know. Whatever. I, I, are we going to review freaking House of X next week? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Because this is essentially what we do. But, you know, am I jumping up and down about this? I'm like, you know, do, do I expect at the end of this freaking 1030 next week, after we finish this podcast, do I expect to be like, fuck, man, House of X was the, oh, oh my God, I can't believe, do, no, I don't expect that to happen. <laughs> Not at all. Do I expect to be hopefully mildly surprised? Maybe sort of, kind of. I don't know. So, yeah. I'm trying to keep any expectations I have pretty low, and that's basically where we are. I expect to yeah. say I'm confused and I still don't know what they're doing here, but I assume it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what, That's what I'm yeah, saying. and one of and one of those preview books for the pages there had like some version of Cyclops with that freaking thing on his head, uh, looking I, like uh, I assume the, that was Professor X because there's a Cyclops oh. in the background. Oh, okay. My bad. I don't know. That's yeah, well. That's how freaking Reed. That's how, that was the alternate um, version that would like Reed Richards when um, they went away, like in oh. Secret Wars, like that oh. version too. So I, I don't know who the hell it is. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> confused. All right. So anyway, that wraps up season seven, episode zero or issue zero of the Marvel Hacks. Um, Marvel Hacks news or Brothers Comics news. Um, I don't got much. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Hutch will be going to Gym Con here uh, at the end of the, this month, I believe, or early August. He'll be going to Gym Con up in Indianapolis. Uh, it's a gaming convention. I don't know. Pretty sure he was asking me for a new Brothers Comics t-shirt because he probably outgrew the one that he had before. So we'll, we'll see if we can represent over there if you're a Gym Con person. Yeah, sorry. Um there's that. Uh, I, I made my badge request for Dragon Con uh, here, which is in Atlanta at the end of August. Uh, I've gotten it the last two years. I haven't been able to go. I had to give it uh, to Female Perspective one year, and I gave it to Hutch last year. Uh, so hopefully um, we'll get that, and I don't know. One of us will be there. I don't really know. Uh, Keystone Comic Con in Philadelphia. Um, if, again, if you're a listener to a long-time podcast, you'll know our uh, associate, C. Talene, who lives in Pennsylvania, she drove over there last year and went to Keystone Comic Con, so she'll be there again this year. Er, and then Baltimore City Comic Con, and we're trying to figure that out, uh, Brother Beavis and possibly me, will uh, kind of make that trek over there and chat up all the comic book folks. Um, I did just attend a con, actually, last week, or 4th of July weekend in Miami at uh, Florida Supercon. Uh, they did give me press for that for the first time in the three years that I asked for it, and I was greatly appreciated. Um, I don't, I, you know, I'm kind of, I don't want to, mm, how do I put this? Don't put cons on 4th of July weekend. That's basically all I got. <laughs> uh, you know, the convention center was great. The guest list was whatever, probably because you put it on 4th of July weekend. Um, so it was just, yeah, it, it, it had some good parts to it. I did Friday, Sunday. Um, it has some good parts. Uh, again, even though 
MegaCon is in Orlando. They do not serve alcohol, but any freaking con in Broward County, like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, they always serve alcohol. Uh, that's the best part about it. So they got breweries, they got DJs, they got like it's a party there. So it was a great party atmosphere. But I'll I'll write up the full review on that. But yeah, met some good, met some fans actually, people that follow us or whatever uh, down there. So that was pretty cool too. Um, it always freaks my kids out, by the way, when people are like, "Hey, brothers, comics!" I'm like, yeah, it freaks me out too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, one one not my name, uh, and two yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so yeah, so those are all the events coming up. That's about it. Uh, maybe you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you can find me at Brothers Comics on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find Sandman at Sandman415 on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Brother Breeders is in the ether. Uh, I do have it on good authority that Hutch will be on this podcast uh, more frequently. Uh, it's kind of a concession that he's made in light of everything that's happened, like, you know, that. Right. Kind of doing this might be a little bit of therapy for him. So, um, right. you know, like I said, he didn't make it tonight. Uh, yeah, I know he has company or whatever, but uh, yeah. So, uh, I would expect to see him or hear him uh, more frequently here on the hacks. So, that's all I got. So, I, I the intro music this week was the the Kitty Pride Pride of the X Men music. X Men, X Men, <laughs> da 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 da. Save the day. Uh, so the exit will be the standard uh, X-Men animated music uh, mm-hmm. series music as that starts to play us out. So, uh, yeah, as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. Sayonara, people. It's good to be back. We'll see you next week. Yeah, for sure. We'll see you next week. And uh, again, you know, playing into the, the parts of my world, I work at a job that is on for 10 months and off for two. I won't say what that is. You can figure it out on your own. Uh, but eventually I have to go back to that particular job here very, very shortly. But it's, you know, yeah, I got I got time. So basically, yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely have time where I'm not having to be asleep by 10 o'clock uh, to get up for that said job. So go ahead and sign off, Brother Peters. All right, we'll see you. Welcome back. Good to talk to you guys, and we'll catch you next week. Sure. All right, so we'll see everybody next week. Everybody, have a good night. Thank you for all your support and whatever for uh, Female Perspective, too. Uh, got a lot of well wishes and stuff on uh, all the social media stuff. So thank you all for that. Hey, everybody, we'll see you all later. Peace.